0: Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. John here, talking to you on a Monday, and it is November 7th. We are here to talk to you about the latest in Star Wars news, but we also have Will of the Force at the end of the show, so stick around. It's a full one. And talking Star Wars with me, as always, is James and Lacey. I did not get the memo. Uh I am not wearing a make solo two happen uh, apparel, but James and Lacey are. Because so James and I created it. We're keeping and, and we're just gonna start lies now to kick <laughs> off the show on a Monday, which is good. Uh, but the deal is we're keeping that alive. Did we have a make solo to happen day this year? We did not, but I still am holding out hope that we will see Alden Ehrenreich once again as on solo. But that aside, we're not gonna be talking about that today, guys. We are talking about no shave November. That's right. No Shave November. I just haven't shaved yet, so I may just keep it going. James has a beard, so I don't know. I do not but. have a beard. Mm. You do not. No, you do not. But uh, but you know what I do is... have?
1: This is my Christmas movie mug.
2: It's started, it started, Lacy.
1: This is my Christmas movie mug.
0: That's what it says?
1: This is my Christmas movie
0: mug. It actually says this is on it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we got a little uh, resistance brew in there.
1: Mm-mm, just regular coffee.
0: Okay. Well, if people do want some resistance brew, you can go to weirdbrothers.com. I, I ran out. So. I'm doing the plug. Uh, weirdbrothers.com. Look up the resistance brew. Uh, they'll mail it right to you. And what's good about it is, obviously, you're helping us out at the podcast. You're helping out a small business down in Virginia. They are the the best down there at Weird Brothers. And I believe they also send proceeds for veterans. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Very cool. So yeah, check it out. Weirdbrothers.com. Get some coffee. The Resistance Brew. Uh, and it's actually pretty damn good. So I actually am out. I'm fresh out. So I need to restock myself. In, just in time for the holiday season. It's a nice stocking stuffer too. Um, that was harder to say stocking stuffer than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, just a reminder, guys. Wednesday we are going live at 9 p.m. to talk about episode 10 of Andor uh, we are in the home stretch here and this is the last episode of the final arc before the two episode finale so to speak um, so we're excited to talk about the inevitable jailbreak and all that comes with it uh, but we are going to be talking about other Star Wars projects stuff that's coming up stuff that has happened stuff that has been given accolades a lot of positive stuff to talk about too so I'm excited on. Uh, On a Monday, um, to make your Monday a little brighter. Sometimes Mondays can be a little bleak. Here's some cool stories to talk about. So, you guys ready? Mm -hmm. Yep. James, resistance report us.
2: It's the resistance.
3: Well, John, as you said it, we're going to be talking about accolades and acolytes because we're kicking this Ooh. first story off with how the acolyte uh, has started shooting in uh, Schinfeld Studios. <coughs> um, <clears throat> so we know this is uh, shooting. And if you want to head over to Star Wars Newsnet, you can see uh, where we have a couple photos. It's not our story, but, you know, we've provided the photos and links to where you can find more information on how they've begun. But uh, all we really want to talk about here, I think, on the show, unless you guys want to go into more details, is now it's real. It's tangible. You can see it, and we know that the process has started. John, you want to start? uh, What are your thoughts on the Acolyte having now begun the filming process? Principal photography.
0: I mean, this is cool for a few reasons. One, because, I mean, these pictures... Um, which I believe are from Bespin Bulletin. Mm-hmm. Um, it must have a good drone, and it just flies it over. that That's a, thats what's got to make Imperial this stuff probe droid. It. Right. Uh, <laughs> Imperial probe drone. Yeah. But that's what has to make this stuff harder for them to conceal these types of things. Now, this isn't giving away plots, I guess, or anything, but it looks like this is a... It looks similar to Varys, uh, in Andor a bit, um, <laughs> but it also reminds me of the um, Main Street at Disney World, which is a replica of Main Street at Disneyland, except it is like plywood with uh, front facings. So when we see this marketplace or whatever this is in Acolyte, we'll remember that on the back of that, it's uh, some good old fashioned plywood or whatever. <laughs> but this does look like pretty cool. I do love the aspects of the the live sets. And if you look at like that truck that's parked out front, you can get an idea of the scope of how big this street is or what have you it gives Set. nothing away about what the show's about um, we did hear from Leslie Hedlund that it is going to be a bit of a Indiana Jones type of thing where she used a Star Wars Atlas for different locations and there's going to be people on mm-hmm. on a hunt for objects and this sort of thing so this could be very well just a, a, a speck of dust on <laughs> on a, on a wide sweeping scale of locations that we're going to get so uh, as we saw, remember when we were talking about Andor, and every other week there were photos of locations and stuff, and we were like, "Oh, there's another, another, another Andor another location," another and that, that's what we have here. But in the in the long run of it, it's just cool to see um, what they do with these UK filming operations, which aren't as centrally focused to Manhattan Beach and the volume. I'm sure this show, just like Andor did, will use the volume in some aspects. I'm curious what the ratio is, but it's really cool to see um, Star Wars filming in the UK because that is where it all began, and uh, something about it feels nostalgic, but I also like the fact that I really don't know anything about this series.
3: Lacey, do you have any thoughts on the photos that we're looking at and the filming process beginning?
1: Well, it's exciting to see something in production. I can tell you that much. Anytime you see something Star Wars in production, there's a little kind of high five, fist pump up it's in the gonna air. happen yeah it's Hooray. happening things are being done um and as we know from what we've heard so far with the acolyte just the actors alone that are involved in this project is just they're just killer i'm so excited
0: about who's involved oh, yeah. with this show i almost forgot about that the squid game guy right
1: yes yes i'm so excited um and i just think seeing real sets again goes back to kind of how I felt about Andor the whole time where it's just it makes all the difference I feel like it it, the volume is great it's done amazing things for the Mandalorian and other shows there's just something I don't know very interesting when people can interact with sets like this um so yeah I'm just really pumped to see that it's in production and um I'm glad it's in production in the UK while clearly they have issues with drone footage i feel like you're going to have a couple less leaks than maybe you would have in california
3: mhm mhm do you guys are just out of curiosity are you more excited for skeleton crew or acolyte <sighs> man
1: that's a tough question because yeah. i love the actors that are involved with acolyte but mm-hmm. the kind of story of skeleton crew is interesting to me
3: yeah, I feel um, like the reason I ask is because they're both they both seem to be on the same page as like what little we know about them, but we you know have kind of gotten maybe a little bit of artwork or some premise, you know?
1: Right, right.
0: I I I'm going acolyte because of timeline. Yeah, um, I like the Mando timeline, but the fact that Skulls and Crew is happening in in that Mando plus whatever, and Favre already alluded to some of those characters being in Mandalorian season four. I'm interested in. Seeing something in live action before the Phantom Menace, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm leaning Acolyte for that reason, even though I don't really know. We don't know much about either series. It does feel like Skeleton Crew is going to be more of a Spielberg Amblin sort of Goonies type thing, which I love. That's a comfort blanket sort of thing feeling. I love those types of stories. Coming of age adventure stuff. Right. Um, But Acolyte might be very dark. But it is obviously going to be involved heavily in the force and the dark side, and uh, I think we need some more stories of that and the the lore of the dark side. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm leaning that way, but I can be swayed either way based on more information we get.
3: Yeah, I think it, it's acolyte for me, not only just because of the timeline, but because... <clears throat> I don't know, like... Leslie Headland having working on Russian doll and how that has to do with like time travel and parallel universes and things. I feel like it almost could be like, what if Star Wars wanted to go the Doctor Strange route, you know? Mm-hmm. And they could tell like of the things that the Sith are getting involved in and um, <clears throat> the powers that they seek after because, you know, they might not be able to obtain it, but if they just had access to that. And I'm not saying it'd be in the show, but like the world between worlds, if they could just get, you know, and there could be a show that's sort of like um, showing us some of that, the crazy stuff that the, that the force is capable Funny of.
0: Funny you mentioned that. Yeah. We will talk about that later in the show. <laughs> will we? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, um...
3: J- James, wait,
0: how about this? I did some investigative reporting. AKA, I just Googled this. Shinfield Studios is a mere 90 minutes from the XL Center in London. Mm. I think we're going to get a lot And I think this show is still going to be filming during Celebration, or at least maybe wrapping s- soon around that time. I think we're going to get a big talent presence of yes, this show 100%. at Celebration. I don't know if it'll get its own panel, but it might just because of the location. And that that's another thing to consider.
3: Well,
1: Ahsoka was very close to. Ahsoka and Mando will be the two things that are currently people are talking about. I think <clears throat> Mando will be just finishing up. Right. I was
3: saying Ahsoka was being filmed also very near to where Anaheim was at the time. They said it was like forty minutes away. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So similar yeah. type of thing that where you might get like, oh, I'm not there today, but I made this video or you know something like that maybe.
0: True. True.
1: But then she showed up the next day. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did the, hey, I'm not here today. So they saved her for Saturday, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yep. 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 Speaking of Ahsoka. Yeah. I was going to say, let's go ahead and move on to the next story. Acolyte has started shooting now and uh, look for it. Maybe in the first half of 2024, if there's no official announcement of when we're getting it. Um, (laughs) Speaking of Ahsoka, yes, Ashley Eckstein recently was doing some interviews, technically for Tales of the Jedi. She was uh, talking with Looper, but she was asked specifically about uh, how she had the opportunity, or she was talking about how she had the opportunity to not only meet Rosario Dawson for the first time, but it was on the set of Ahsoka, and she got to go and see, she explained how, it was a kind of a lifelong dream to see it all realized, and um, she got to have these conversations, and she couldn't stop talking, because she was so excited to share Ahsoka <laughs> with Rosaria Dawson. And uh, she also had some odd, in my opinion, kind of odd comments about how she's not in the show. <laughs> you know, she didn't, uh, she didn't make a cameo, but I don't know, what were your thoughts on uh, Ashley Eckstein um, talking about visiting the Ahsoka set?
1: the cameo comments were kind of funny because she just says it and then she also reiter- reiterates later. She's like, I, I just want to make it clear. Like, I'm not in the show. I didn't spoil anything. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, people are so nervous around Disney uh, NDAs. Um, I love that Ashley got to meet Rosario Dawson. I feel like from the very beginning of this announcement with Rosario, there was kind of this fan... <sighs> Tension of like pitting them against each other, of like oh well Ashley should have gotten the par, Ashley's the real Ahsoka, and then people that like the Rosario to Ahsoka being like well they made the right choice, Ashley can't handle it that kind of thing you know just that's how the internet operates is that mm-hmm. people automatically say like which one is better, and I think in the scenario like it's not needed, it's not needed to have these women be pitted against each other and be competitive right. in a space that like. There's room for both of them. Clearly, Ashley's still doing Ahsoka with uh-huh. Tales of the Jedi, and Rosario Dawson is doing the live-action Ahsoka. Yeah, she and, did not
3: lose her job.
1: Right, right. And she and overall, but outside of just doing the voice of Ahsoka, Ashley has just been such a great ambassador for Star Wars and Ahsoka and positivity in general. Um, she's changed the game when it came to fandom fashion and women's fashion in this space, because when she kicked it off, I think in 2010, there was nothing for women or anybody like me in in the space that wanted, I don't know, cuter clothes than what was out there, which was very kind of Star Wars logo on a tee. And that was it. Um, she's taken it to a whole new place. She brought in the whole Disney bounding side of things where her clothes look like the characters and you can kind of dress as the character without wearing a specific costume yeah. or logo. Um, but yeah, she's just been such a nice person. Like, you just root for her and you want for her to succeed. So, reading the story where she finally got to go on the set and see the next phase of the character that she brought to life is just really heartwarming and a great moment in Star Wars fandom, which I'm sure we're going to see a video of it. You know, they had cameras rolling when this happened. If not photographed, then definitely video. <laughs> Or if not video, definitely photos. Um, I think we're gonna see that in probably the behind-the-scenes gallery type show about Ahsoka because you know they're doing a Dave Filoni piece about Ahsoka. You know that's happening and like the history of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is a really big moment for him and for everybody that's involved <laughs> with this character. Um, and I just really liked how. Ashley got to share her experiences with the character with someone that's now kind of taking that character to the next phase and then Rosario sharing her experiences because they're very different, but yet they're bonded through this one character even though they're playing it differently. Um, So yeah, it was just a really good, feel-good story and um, I wish nothing but success for both of them. And I think that it's just an example of Characters can be recast and still loved. It doesn't have to be one or the other, whether it's Ahsoka, Han Solo, Doctor whoever. Doctor Who. <laughs> sure. It doesn't matter <laughs> who it is. Um, everybody has their own take and their own perspective, and it doesn't make it wrong, because um, everybody's on the same side. Everybody wants to see Star Wars succeed.
3: Mm-hmm. John, were there, was there any comments or anything that stuck out to you in that interview? Or do you echo what Lacey is well,
0: saying? I, I do like that Ashley re, you know, reiterating that her main background is in live action and she is available to act in live action if they need her to.
1: I hope they give her a different character, honestly.
0: Um, she, like yeah, Sarkis. she mentions you know maybe a cameo in season two. Though I'll, I'll say this. At, while I would love to see her be able to do that, whenever that happens, it throws me out of whatever I'm watching. Whether it's something stupid like Starsky and Hutch, and they get the original Starsky and Hutch in, or like Twenty One Jump Street, and Johnny Depp shows up, or um, it was both even of like them. the, even, yeah, yeah, I forget the other guy's name. I it's mean, like sure, Delauez's yeah, kid. When the guys, yeah, show something Deloise. The fact that I knew that blows my mind. But um, the Hulk, like you, you have uh, Lou Ferrigno playing a security guard. Like I always spot that stuff. But having said that, I would be happy to see her do that. But yeah, to reiterate a little bit what Lacey was saying about who Ashley is, I've never met her personally, but for everyone who has, whether it's listeners of the podcast or friends of mine or or whatever, they say that she is very um, down to earth, very humble, very accessible, very sweet. I'll Um, never
1: forget. she She met me in 2010 when she first had her booth at New York Comic Con and I bought a trick or treat bag from her and it was like cute. It had little characters on it. She saw me again in 2013 or 2014 when I started work. 2013 when I started working for Read Pop. She walked right up to me and said, "Lacey, it's so good to see you," after not oh, seeing really cool. me for three years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and you know, um, I, I feel like Ashley is sort of how I view like Jonas in terms of being that ambassador for fans, because um, she's a fan uh, of it just as much as we are, and I feel like Jonas is like that too. So I feel like those two people really stand out to me as like big-time like ambassadors who are involved but are also mm-hmm. really accessible to fans. And you feel like they're not like behind some big fortress <laughs> hiding away from the fans. And um, I- I'm happy hearing that they- this is the first time she met her, uh, which is very cool, on the set. So you have Rosario Dawson in the pocket, in the makeup, as Ahsoka, running between takes to go talk <laughs> to Ashley, yeah. getting advice from her, but also Dave's her... There. Her giving yeah, and her giving Rosario giving her experience to Ashley and them both sort of bonding over the character. Mm -hmm. And um I like just hearing this story in general because it it squashes any sort of potential for made up animosity that could be stirred up. Mm -hmm. Like literally made up by -hmm. people saying, like, I heard, you know, those guys who just stand in front of dartboards on YouTube and say, like, I'm hearing Ashley Eckstein wants Rosario fired. It's like well, Ashley Eckstein was on the set hugging and embracing Rosaria Dawson, and uh, I love when that stuff happens because then you could say, "Nope, that's not the case. go look for something else to make up um and just her embracing this, you know we we had talked about the fact that you know we heard she didn't get an opportunity to audition for it, and yeah, that's a bummer, um, but I always think things happen for a reason, and I think James, you put it well, she didn't lose her job. you know we still have Tales of the Jedi just came out uh, I'm sure that's not the last we've seen of ahsoka in. Uh, live action. So I I think this whole thing is just a a win. I think it's good. Whether Ahsoka's great or not, at least you know that you had the original person there standing on the sidelines, rooting for Rosario to do well. And that had to have taken some pressure off of Rosario because granted she shows up in the Mandalorian, does a spot, gets the fan approval there, which has to be step one of, okay, they embrace me as this. They believe me as this. I'm good. But when you have to lead your own series as the character that everyone loves so much, having that person there in the sidelines has to make it easier for you. And it made me think of, Lacey, you touched on it, but it made me think of when Alden was in the chair and Harrison Ford came up from behind Mm -hmm. him, and he was like, oh, you know what? And he's like, I think he did a smart job. He did a great job. He did his own thing with it. And getting that stamp of approval from the OG has to relieve all sense of stress from you, mm-hmm. and again, it also puts up the defense against people who are like, "You're not Solo, George you're not George Lucas with Ahsoka. TFA,
1: he was at the premiere.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that yeah. that stuff always goes a long way, and and her doing that shows how big of a person she is, because she could have been a bitter person about this whole thing, but she wasn't, and that shows the strength of her character. So this whole story is just awesome I love hearing it
3: yeah I mean like in in those examples like those are really good examples very um similar the only difference being that those were sort of passing of the torches and this again to reiterate it's not really like a passing of the torch it echoes from what Ashley said when she first saw the casting of Rosario Dash and she got on our Instagram and said now there are two Ahsoka's
0: well also don't forget Harrison Ford did play Han Solo after
3: Solo Mm -hmm. that I guess that's fair yeah but that still was sort of passing of the torch. Come on. Right? No? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> passing yeah. the dice. Yeah, passing of the dice. Yeah, I don't really know what, what more I could say about that. You guys hit all the points exactly right. Um, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great story all around, and uh, I wish her the best in Star Wars, and I wish Rosario Dustin the best in Star Wars. Going to continue to keep coming. Um, <clears throat> last thing we got here for resistance support is that the Saturn Awards uh, were held recently and Star Wars kind of swept, right? Um, It ended up taking uh, five wins, um, and I guess I'll just go ahead and say them. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi was three of those wins, including Best Limited Event Streaming Series, and um, uh, the Bad Batch was also part of that too. Uh, winning Best Animated Television Series. Uh, specifically, Wing, uh, Ming-Na Wen um, got Best Actress uh, for her role as Fennec Shan in The Book of Boba Fett. And other two notable wins were Mo- Moses Ingram uh, for Best Supporting Actress and Hayden Christensen for Best Guest Starring Performance. Um, so lots of uh, wins there uh, amongst other television shows. If you go look at the Saturn Awards, it's it's not... Um, it's pretty, pretty wide. It's very similar to other, um, award shows that are, you know, the full spectrum of everything. So Obi-Wan really did clean up here. Um, John, do you have any, uh, thoughts on the Saturn awards in general? Uh, these particular wins, Uh, anything that stuck out to you?
0: I mean, I like seeing anybody win for star Wars, um, I always think that's good because Star Wars doesn't always get the recognition it deserves because of the genre it's in. And mm-hmm. I think that's sometimes why fans lean on something like Andor like, oh, we could be prestige Star Wars so we could win awards now, you know, and I get that. But I Saturn Awards uh, Saturn Awards are good for this sort of thing, but I think the biggest thing obviously is Hayden Christensen because he won two Razzie Awards for the prequels, which is I hate that stuff. It's so you know? rude. It's so rude. The only thing that ever, only thing good that ever happened at the Razzies was, I believe, Paulie Shore showed up to accept his award and he, and said something like, "I'm just happy to have been nominated." <laughs> so, yeah.
3: I think. I mean, um, there's been some pretty good Razzies. There was, um, what's her no, name? No, I know, but you got uh, my I don't Barry should, it showed up and accepted the award. Yeah. yeah, and also I but, think uh, what was it? Uh, who's the Oh, my gosh. I'm going to blank on her name. But she got (coughs) nominated for Best Actress and a Razzie Award in the same year for for two separate movies. Um, I couldn't tell you. No, I know who it is. Uh, Give me a second and I'll pop in with it.
0: But I'm looking at Hayden Christensen and, and him winning this, I think, is a big deal because of that. You know, he didn't win any prestige awards aside from I think he won Best Villain for Revenge of the Sith at the MTV Awards. But Saturn awards are more legitimate than that, in my opinion. And wh- who he won, won up against, you know, he beat LeVar Burton. Um, uh, 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 he beat Rosario Dawson from The Mandalorian. He beat Robert Englund in Stranger Things, the guy who's known as Freddy Krueger. He beat Jonathan Majors, Tony Dalton, Jensen Ackles. And uh, his, seeing his speech, and he's such a humble dude. And again, just like Ashley Eckstein, just one of those. You could just tell, I've never met him, but you could just tell he's a good guy in all of his interviews. And I even saw an old interview recently where he was on the red carpet for Jumper. And it was, you know, it's three years after Revenge of the Sith. And they said, would you ever come back to play Anakin again? And this is 2008. And he said, maybe the voice, you know, I would do the voice. And this is when the Clone Wars was coming out. And he's (laughs) like, they didn't ask me. They never asked me to do it. He said, I would have, he said, I would have done it. They never asked me to do it. Now, Matt Lanter got a job out of it. Yeah. I think things happen for a reason, so that's fine. But he said, I'll, I, do, I would do my voice. I would have done my voice. And now we got to see him back as not only Anakin, but Darth Vader, which they crushed. And he gets to win this award. This has to be a big closure moment for him. I think more so than or maybe equal to his just return in general, <clears throat> because he got a lot of crap for the prequels. And he's not Which a bad not actor.
1: His, it wasn't his fault. It was clunky writing.
0: <clears throat> the the dialogue was clunky, and he's not a bad actor. You know, I've seen him in great performances like Shattered Glass and Life Is a House. I recommend watching those, um, and seeing him get this recognition. You could tell it meant a lot to him. I'm Little glad Italy, he did get Little too... Italy, he's great. Uh huh. He's good in oh, Little Italy. Oh, yeah. Well, I was being serious. I'm but... being
1: serious too. He is good in that movie.
0: <clears throat> um. He, he. I'm glad he didn't get overly emotional about it, but I, I also liked he. He thanked a lot of people from publicists to Deborah Chow, Hugh McGregor, and and of course George Lucas at the end, which I think was a really nice thing to do because George Lucas is the one who got him his break and the casting director from the prequels at the time, because there were a lot of people up for that role. Leo DiCaprio, you know, a lot of crazy top names were up for that, and he's the one who landed it, um, because of his personality, and it shows that if you're, you know, it's jaded the way Hollywood operates. I think George Lucas is an outlier of that. Cause he was never a Hollywood guy, but I, st- he's a, he's the story of you can be a good person and still make it. And I think that's inspiring. And I hope he does show up in stuff like Ahsoka. I heard that's a rumor, um, but I-, I hope he's not done yet. And uh, I'm glad he's back. And it just, I again, another Lucas really still- for a second.
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> George Lucas will Minnesota. always be here, right? But,
0: but um, I, I just think it's a great story, and I hope he, I'm hope i glad he's back in the Star Wars circles, so to speak, and it, it's a nice uh, ribbon on the story of his return.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lacey, I want to get to you really quick, but I do want to point out, because I said I would say who it was. Was it, was it Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock, yeah. She won the Academy Award for Best Actress in 2009 for, blind for side. The Blind Side. Yeah. And she also uh, was nominated for Razzie. Miss Congeniality, too. Nope, for All About Steve. All about Steve. Oh, okay. Anyway. um, Lacey, thoughts on- I was on... going to
1: say Sandra Bullock <coughs> before, but I didn't want to be wrong, so I didn't say yeah, anything. Yeah,
3: no. I know. It was like, it's one of the, I mean, I obviously had trouble with the name and she's super famous, so it's like, I, I, I do that sometimes. I just walk out on rain. I love Sandra Bullock. Um, Thoughts on Saturn Awards, uh, the winners, and I guess Hayden Christensen's speech specifically?
1: Yeah, I love seeing- Star Wars win awards. I think uh, it's always been whether it's a TV show or a movie or a series, it's animated or live action. They're always pushing boundaries of what can be done, technology, story, sets, costumes, makeup, music, and I feel like it it definitely gets pushed aside a lot when it comes to awards, whether it be Oscars or especially the special effects thing. Always kind of irks me when I see you know, Oscar's special effects. And then we're like, we're looking at the Falcon flying through the Kessel Run, avoiding meteors and doing all these crazy things. And they gave it to like, this person made a tree. And you're like, what? But I understand that everybody does crazy hard work in all different movies. So I get it. But it's just like, I'm a little biased here. Um, that being said, I was pumped for all the people at one. Ming-Na is just... Another person that is so delightful. So to see her just get her moment and be up on stage and like so excited to win. Um and then to see Hayden win is like John said, it's the perfect kind of bookend on his redemption tour that he's been on since, you know, celebration to now, basically, with all these interviews and, and screenings and press lines and whatnot. Um and it's funny because he goes to Disneyland a lot with his kids which is wonderful, um, and he's always willing to stop and take pictures with fans that's, and like talk to fans cool. and stuff. So he, he loves it, and I think, similar to what John was saying, he just got such a bad rap uh, for the prequels. And look, there are moments in the prequels I don't like with, it, with his character in particular, with Anakin, but that doesn't mean that I don't like him. And I think that oftentimes fans were unable to make that separation between character and real person. And because of what happened early in his career, he was kind of just like not given any opportunities anymore. So I hope that this kind of opens the door for him a little bit that he's back on that good side of like, hey, he's a great actor. Give him a shot.
0: Like Brendan Fraser.
1: Right. Exactly. Who's now making his rounds and getting awards and stuff. And they're I saying j-
0: they may even like dabble with another mummy. Like he's back.
1: I really hope everything that has ever happened to actors like Hayden or Brendan Fraser, they they get their that karma comes back around, you know <laughs> that yeah. people get their moment. And this was a great <clears throat> example of someone that's just an overly good person that had the best intentions for the roles that he was in. and, and like hearing him talk about how when he found out he got the job, like lightsaber battle with his roommate like being like i'm gonna be anakin skywalker this is crazy and then to know what comes after that is just heartbreaking so to see him come full circle here and get his moment of recognition um and then just hearing how like john said he just runs through all these people's names like most people just say like their agent and a director he went through the whole gamut of the type of people that he worked with Um, And I did like how he He did like
3: publicity people and stuff too It was crazy I think it's because he was looking at the table
1: of the people in front of him So he was saying Mm -hmm. the names But um, I do appreciate that he did take time To thank the casting director That initially gave him the shot to play Anakin And George Lucas at the end Was was great because I'm sure Eventually George heard about it Um, But I wish him all the success And I I hope to see him again I hope he is in Ahsoka That -hmm. he gets to play Anakin again um, I think he'll play it as long as they let him.
0: Yeah, and there was a—I don't know if this was deliberate or not—but there was a line in his speech where he says, "This is because of Obi Wan," and I'm like, "Is that a nod to Revenge of the Sith?" Oh it, yeah, it was like right <laughs> on the nose. Yeah, and he yeah. held up the thing and he's like, "He's not here, but I have to thank you know my my friend Ewan McGregor. This uh, this award is because of Obi Wan," mm-hmm. and I'm like,
2: "Ah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I like that." Yeah, again, man, you guys like really nailed it. I don't know what more I could say about the awards and, and who got what and um but well, Moses Ingram,
0: <laughs> you know, won too. And she was someone who got a lot of crap too. She she has the modern version of Hayden Christensen. And she, she got to win an award. People That's just like to be angry, true. but I'm
1: glad she got appreciated for her time and effort she put yeah. into the role.
0: Yeah, because she may not be done. You know, they left her open
3: ended. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see who she was up against, too. Um, best actress, no, that's in a film. Best actress in a film, best actress in a film. Okay, well, well yeah. do we
1: want to move, move on? Um, okay,
3: yeah, that's it. it for Resistance Report then, and I'll let Lacey take it away.
1: Awesome. All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon Padres. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this comment, uh, (laughs) like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Twitter at TRB Podcasts, or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast, or follow us on audio platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please take the time if you do go to one of those platforms and leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing, what you liked about the show. It helps us uh, figure out what you guys like and also helps new people find us, which is super helpful. But if you want more than that, and you want to really support the show and be a part of the resistance, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $5 a month, you get access to the page and you get to engage with not only us, but other people in the community that like Star Wars just like you do. So we have extra content. We have a Discord server as you go up in the tiers, merchandise. Uh, live chats, live streams, watch-along parties, and much, much more. So before we get into this segment, which is where we ask someone from our generals or spice runners a question and they give us their answer, I'm going to thank those people. And hopefully <laughs> I can make it through it. I'm getting over a cold and I'm coughing a little bit, so I apologize. All right. Thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much. And to our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. Thank, Thank you, you guys so much. Crazy. All right. So this week we have the awesome John Reese. And his question was What is your number one dream Star Wars collectible or memorabilia item? to own one day, and why. So John, take it away.
0: Hello, TRB. This is a General Beard. Um, I think my most wanted collectible would be Ahsoka Tano's lightsabers from Star Wars Rebels. They are the closest hilts, I think, to samurai swords in their design, and they're really just my favorite, and Ahsoka's one of my top three characters. So, I'll keep it short
1: and sweet. I think that is what I would want. And if they could be signed by Ashley Eckstein, that would be
0: a big bonus. Okay. General Beard out. Everyone have a good night.
1: Awesome job, John. Love your art behind you. The the bottleneck gallery stuff. I think you got that, and I also got it, too. So, we're we're buddies there. Um, I liked all the different art behind you with the Yak bar, and you just have an amazing collection. But, John, what would you think?
0: Uh, awesome, um, I and it's funny because we were just talking about Ahsoka, but I had to ask. I I like to think I'm a good sight uh, in terms of pointing things out, but that picture of you in the TRB shirt, it, it looks like Freddie Prince Jr. and Sam Whitworth. Can't be positive. It's
1: definitely Sam Whitworth on the right.
0: But he always red t Yeah, mm-hmm. but that also looks like Freddie, and that would make sense having the two of them there because they're buddies. Um, but uh, let us know. But uh, that that's awesome. I don't I don't know if I remember you doing that. Please share the but pic also, with us. We wanna see it. Yeah. I wanna see that like not way in the corner, like where's Waldo? I want to see <laughs> that photo. But uh no, I know you love your collectible, so I wanted to pitch this question to you because I don't know that I knew your um like dream, like white whale item. Um uh, but the, the 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 specifically the Rebels lightsabers is cool, uh, for the reason you listed. I i really like that a lot. And having it autographed by Ashley Eckstein that would be uh pretty awesome so what a um, good question
1: for the conversations we were just having Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it works sometimes it works out and um no i think you did a great job answering it i i i back up what Lacey's saying i love how you have everything set up it looks like you're now settled into the new home and your your little nerd nook uh which is great which means your uh bride-to-be embraces your nerdity uh which is also awesome um but more importantly than not you've been supporting us for a very long time and uh i just want to say thank you you are our general beard uh so the first um so thanks a lot man miss you and i can't wait till we get a chance
3: to hang out again in person buddy
2: Mm -hmm.
1: james
3: um yeah i agree i think this is a that that's a really great um prop like every time i go and look at the um lightsabers, like whether it's at Galaxy's <clears throat> Edge or like the Outpost or something like that, I always am sure to notice Ahsoka because it's got the two, the right next to each other and they're like the different sizes that kind of come together. Doesn't
0: Jeremy have those? I think he I think uses he does. those in a pot yes. yeah
3: Yeah. Um and, and speaking of things I saw, like I, I did actually pick this up. I posted a picture of it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was from and I'd never D23. seen it before. yeah. Well, I, I have had one. It, I was so I, pumped when you bought one. I was like, I have one right next to me. I turned the corner and I saw it, and I was like, that is just an awesome Ahsoka. Like it's the style and the character, like the outfit and everything. Yeah, and it has the lightsabers, and they're both like the different sizes, and just the way she was holding them and everything. I was like, I feel like which I need which to have like that.
0: what's it called? What what? um I don't know. Like version. Oh, it's just an Ahsoka figure. It
1: looks sort Ahsoka of like the Forces edition. of Destiny,
3: but it's not. Disney okay.
1: special edition, yeah.
3: That's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, so when you said that, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, I totally relate to that. Like uh, an Ahsoka Tana character or um, the, the lightsabers in general, yeah. T- great pick, but, uh, especially if it was signed. That would be... <laughs> um, thanks, John, for always being there for us and um, doing the Padres
1: all right now speaking of john we're gonna to go to the other john
0: <clears throat> all right uh i don't usually do this so i'm gonna do my best to live up to the reputation of james arthur baney over here um that's a that's an old school yeah. <laughs> reference man all right let's do will of the force i fear nothing for all this as the force wills it all right we have a few here um we really you know it's it's the month of Thanksgiving. And we want to say thanks as Lacey did before, but to all of our patrons, uh, your support is a great gift to us and it helps us to sort of live out our dreams in a sense. I mean, we all still have jobs and stuff, but we are trying to grow the podcast and just being able to do what we do and put the time that we put in, um, we all have families and stuff. Your support allows all that to happen. So we're doing a special Patreon, all Patreon edition of Will the Force today. You guys ready? Absolutely. Yep. All right, first one, talk about patrons we love. We, we, we just talked about John Reese and Jeremy. Neil Shaw, Spice Runner Neil Shaw, love you, Neil. He pitched this question to us, and he said, Will Lucasfilm readjust how they announce projects moving forward, given the number of projects apparently shelved or in limbo? If so, what's your ideal way Lucasfilm could announce projects like Marvel, or once a project is underway, et cetera. Um, So I guess we'll do the will first. Lacey, will they readjust how they announce things going forward? And as the caveat, because he's Neil, and even though he broke the rules, we got to do it. How do you think they would do it?
1: I think they will readjust how they announce projects. I think they already have. They've started that pivot um, with the rumor that they've been like, stop announcing things <laughs> um i think my ideal way is for them to do it all at once with one big calendar and that specific touch points throughout the year like celebration san diego new york comic con so that every year you know i'm going to get announcements at these time periods and they're not just sporadically thrown out leaked through someone uh, sketchy gifs being sent out with a winky face being like, Oh, I just heard something, but I can't talk about it yet. Just put all the info out when you have it.
0: All right. I like that. Um,
3: James, how about you? Are they going to make a change? And if so, how do you envision them doing it? Um, really, same answer. I do expect them to make a change on how they're doing it. Um, the problem is, is I, I just think, like, if you say, do it like this then they'll say well we did do it like that and they'll give you like one example of when they did do it like that but i think lacey's on the right track here so i think you just need to say uh you know this year's celebration is going to be that one where we announce all the stuff you know um i don't i don't know how many times they'd be able to do that every year especially if they're trying to keep a lid on how often they're announcing things so it's like maybe once a year you get that big slate the revamp um or maybe they could just make a day out of it. Maybe it is like on May the 4th or something, you know, they just, right, they, they right. have like a specific day that's like, this is the day where every year we remind you of our calendar and possibly give you, uh, this is the day you're going to get announcements if there ever are gonna be announcements or something. But right, I understand how that could cannibalize other shows and other things, so it, it is tricky. <clears throat> um, But I mean, I think in an ideal world, that's what I would like to see, John.
0: Yeah, I think they obviously will, because of this reported mandate, if that is true, sort of like, don't put the cart before the horse. Big, mm-hmm. if true. Um, yeah. If true. I would love a situation where they were able to secretly film something and then just smack us in the face with a teaser and be like, holy cow, they were doing this the whole time? Um, that would be kind of cool. Like like Blink-182 just did. Like Apparently, they recorded a whole album with Tom back, and they put out a new song. Nobody knew it was happening. Um, I know movie's harder than that, but that's the dream. But for the question, I think they will obviously make a change there. Um, so thanks, Neil. Um, next up, we have Admiral Hass Aslam. What is up, Hass? What up? Uh, and he asked, will we ever see a Sith threat in any proposed movies set after The Rise of Skywalker?
3: James, you're going to kick this one off. Tough. Because they're killing a legacy, but I've got to think no. <laughs> um, I think at best, you'll probably get something where they try to play with that world where they're like, well, Kylo Ren and Snoke are not actually Sith, you know? And it, Yeah. And they played in that world for a little while, and that technically is the truth, but I still think to this day, you go ask like the average Star Wars fan, like, hey, wh- is Kylo Ren a Sith? They're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a lot like, of people think he is. Yeah, so they'll probably just play in that realm. Um, I I think that canon wise, the real story though is they have to at this point be like, nope, Sith are dead.
0: Yeah, um, I'm with you. I I I think people had an issue with Vader not ending the Sith as the chosen one because Palpatine came back and then ray did it. Um. But I think it's time to put an end to to the Sith for good. Otherwise, wh- what are we doing? You know, we beat Palpatine twice. You know, I'm all the Jedi. I'm all the Sith. And you know, when does it end? So, I know people are gonna throw out the you know, no one's ever really gone thing. I don't care. I don't want the Sith to come back because I think it would double downplay
3: now what we've seen. Lacy, I don't know. What do you think? Did you guys before you say that? Did you did you see the I am all the Jedi and I am all the Sith and I am just a tourist?
0: I'm a tourist. I did see that, <laughs> in that casting. Yeah, with the blue tint. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um,
1: I don't think we'll ever see a Sith threat in any movies after Rise of Skywalker. I think that died with Palpatine. I think we're gonna definitely see threats of dark side users, but I think they're gonna kind of. <clears throat> put in some, some type of preference of like, hey, remember the Sith? Like I stemmed from that or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like where they go through like a, a reference to what used to be and what is now um, mm-hmm. because they know that audiences are going to make that connection. So they'll say it out loud, but I don't think we're going to see specifically Sith.
3: <clears throat> yep.
0: All right. Three for three there. Uh, next one here, we have Major Colton Bliss. Hey, Colton. Such a good Will... Name. Yes. Will the World Between Worlds there it is, James, ever make a live action appearance? Will it happen in Ahsoka if it does? And if it does, will it forever change the future of Star Wars as we know it? Uh Lacey, you go first.
1: Don't start with me. Start with James.
0: Well, can I start then? Sure. Uh I don't think so. I, I think I even think Feloni said as much that he didn't want to open the can of worms too wide. And I believe they sort of like cave of wonders, like collapsed all that. Um, and I think it would really make star Wars messy if they mess with it too, too much. So I think this is me saying, I hope they don't. And because of that, I'm saying they will not um, James.
3: What do you think? Um, I'd like to point out that in a way, the world between worlds has already made a live action appearance by showing up in Andor. <laughs>
1: Oh, with this
3: oh with this in the antiquities things? yeah, so well par- parts and pieces of the world between world the probably not how it, he's asking. I understand that's not what he's saying, okay. I'm just saying that technically, the first live action point to when you see <clears throat> the hands and everything, um it will uh or yeah, that was how that was related, um but I think the answer has to be no um for that reason i feel like it, they i don't know i can't imagine star wars ever getting to the point that marvel is at where they are able to say you know something as wide as like we're going to wipe all of that story and r- somehow figure out an, a way to reboot all of this or re- a different universe yeah i was saying
1: they already have with loki
3: okay what I'm saying is I don't think Star Wars is ever going to get to a point that Marvel ah. has. um even even other franchises like Star Trek, for instance, it like it's almost believable in that lore that that's <laughs> possible. And it's weird because Star Wars technically has that ability. And yet, I think people would just say that's not Star Wars if they if it was too big. If they went real wide with it and did live action. And tried to say like this is a parallel Star Wars universe. People would be like, this is not Star Wars to me. I don't know, but but then again, they've done some really crazy things with the Force, and um, like what what we were doing, where like Ray and Obi Wan were, or I'm sorry, Ray and uh, Kylo Ren were in two different locations and they were still fighting. It's like they've done some really weird stuff. Um, so I don't know. It's always possible, but I I think the answer is no that they're not gonna touch that. All right. Um,
0: Lacey, what do you think?
1: So there are three questions here. Yeah. (laughs) Will the World Between Worlds ever make a live action appearance? I would say no, because it gets too kind of dicey. So it will not happen in Ahsoka. And will it forever change Star Wars? Yes, absolutely it would. You're seeing it with Marvel right now, the way that they handled um, the whole Loki thing and the multiverse and how... You saw at the end of Loki, all the timelines started to split and splinter and go crazy, and you're like, "Oh my, no, my god!" Iron
0: Man's coming back now, or something. Yeah, like and that.
1: rumor is Tony Stark's now coming back, and like, you know, there could be one man or one actor that's playing Mister Fantastic on one timeline, and someone's playing the character on this timeline, and you have Peggy Carter being, you know, basically Captain America, but it's not Captain America over here, and then it's a lot, and it can get confusing, <laughs> which is understandable, and I just don't think. Lucasfilm is looking to open that door, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. world between worlds, because despite wanting to be creative and wanting to try new things and try to dive into those new ideas that Dave Filoni has introduced, I think there also is an element that they have to honor George's legacy. And I don't think that they would try to touch anything or any story or element that George came up with. They think that that. that would be kind of sacrilegious or terrible Mm. to george and i think that they've changed enough as it is from what he wanted with the sequel trilogy so i just think that they're not going to touch stuff that has been already decided
3: i alluded to it earlier but like i don't know you the closest you might get is out of the acolyte they might do some weird stuff there like i said leslie headland did russian doll she's Mm -hmm. got the stuff where they're clearly in parallel universes and other things like that and I, there's always the possibility that somebody said, "This is this is a show that we were kind of looking at. We think you're great at doing this. Um, can you bring this type of story and uh, th- these type of uh, things to Star Wars in a live action setting? And we'll give you like the Sith and all the Force and all that." And she's like, "Yeah, sure, I can do that." You know, so that might be the closest we get in live action to something that is on the same level as the World Between Worlds. Sure.
0: Yeah um it'll be interesting to see if, if they dabble at all um but the acolyte is a good point with like nothing about the comics with like lord Moman and yeah yeah craziness um all right last one here a little quick fun one uh mike ramori one of our generals hey buddy uh will you start decorating for christmas immediately after halloween now it is after halloween so have you started and if not is it coming soon uh lacy you're A big decorator. So I'll start with you.
1: I already have my mug that says this is my Christmas movie mug. So I would say yes, I already have stuff out and stuff that I've purchased and Christmas is my favorite. So I don't think I'm going to be able to wait till Thanksgiving.
0: (laughs) James, I don't know about you. uh, We have not. And it's probably going to be a a post Thanksgiving situation for the the Hoey house. So how about uh, Team Bainey?
3: I mean, that's always, I, I think there's the exact days, like everybody knows. It's um November 1st, you start doing the, uh, this stuff, and then Black Friday, you start doing that stuff. Like, it's just the day yeah. after the holiday marks Personal preference. when the <laughs> next setup for the, no- yeah, I just think if you start, if you start after Halloween for Christmas, you're excluding Thanksgiving. So.
1: I'm not having Thanksgiving in my house, so it doesn't matter.
3: No, oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go
0: all right thank you all for those questions keep them coming if you're a patron uh we post that uh usually every week if we're doing will the force Lacey gets that up there so we can hear from you and we love the topics because it always adds the fun answers and fun discussions so thank you um that does take us to the end of the show though so we uh thank you for joining us for the past hour here we hope we made your monday brighter and kicked off your week in a good way talking star wars and A lot of positive stories, which is always a good thing, uh, to do when it comes to talking Star Wars, but make sure you do subscribe to the show, preferred audio platform or the, or the channel, of course, uh, Star Wars Newsnet, go there for all of your Star Wars news. They have reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, I write and edit over there as well. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, uh, and my movie podcast, just like the movies tomorrow, we're putting out our episode on Terminator two judgment day. Um, Never seen Games. It. Where can people hit you up? Just kidding.
3: Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram both at Myra Trunks.
0: All right. Lacey Gillarin, the Queen of Christmas decorating.
1: People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin.
0: All right. Thank you all so much. Remember, Wednesday, 9 p.m. live, we're talking Andor episode 10. Uh am I missing anything else or are we good to go? we're good to go i think we're good to go all right thank you all so much enjoy your weeks and we'll see you next time with another episode right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids